I've spent my life working with kids in one form or another. I've been around long enough, seven years now, that you all know my stories. So I don't tell the the stories anymore. If you want to know, ask somebody. But because of, of where I came from in life, children have always been something that I've just always been drawn to. I've always been fascinated by. One of the greatest privilege God, uh, privileges God ever gave me in life was to be a father. And I never took that lightly. But through all of those years, I, I began ministry as a youth minister. Moved on to become the pastor of a small little church and, and then became an elder one day. But I never lost sight in ministry of the fact that one of the primary things that we are called to do as a church, and I am so thankful that God has placed me in a church for the last seven years that agrees with me in this. One of the primary things that we are called to do in the church is to Proverbs 22. Train up a child in the way it is to go. And when it grows old, it will not depart from it. And so we spend all kinds of time um, trying to figure out, well, what does that mean? So what does it mean to train a child up in the way it is to go? Joy and I spent a lot of time when, when we were first married after we got out of the army working in children's homes. I went back to the children's home that I grew up in um, and we worked there for a while. Then we went to, uh, of all places, a place called Nineveh, Indiana. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a joke in our lives that God truly called us to Nineveh. And like Jonah, we, uh, we, we weren't always real happy about that call. But we worked at a group home out there. So we spent several years raising children that other people were struggling to raise or children that were struggling to live within families. And over the years, I've kind of come up with my list, and that's what I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. I've been, coming, I've been coming up with my list. What are, the, what are the attributes? What are the characteristics? If we're going to say something like Proverbs 22, if we're going to preach that, if we're going to quote that from the church, train a child up in the ways that is to go, and when it grows old, it will never depart from us. What are those things? Do we just pick figures from the Bible and say, well, well, that's what it is? Here's my list. Here's my list, and I've asked him to put it up uh, on the screen for you this morning so that you can see this. I think that, for me anyway, what it means to train a child up in the ways that it is to go, it means that there are just things that are healthy about children. Now, there's all kinds of things that aren't. And, and let's understand a biblical perspective. When we're talking about our children, granted, I am still the child of Helen Allemeyer, but I left childhood years long ago. In the Jewish culture of that day and to this day, you were considered a child until the age of 12. And so you had 12 years to work through Proverbs 22, train a child up in the way that it is to go. You had 12 years with that child. At 12 years of old, uh, 12 years of age, they were bar mitzvah. If you'll bring that back up for me, Matthew, I want to I make reference to that here in just a second. You had till you were 12 years of age to do these things. 
Children are naturally, at least this is what I have found. I'll be fascinated if you want to send me text messages or emails or give me a phone call and talk to me about this. It's, it's near and dear to my heart. I'd love to talk to you. Children naturally are curious. Children are filled with excitement. Think about this. When you were a child or if you have raised children, children are people of faith. It means that, that there is tomorrow which is unseen, that there is expectation in that. There is faith in that. But children are also people of the concrete. They're people of what is now. Children trust. Children trust. Children are filled with wonder. Everything is a new experience. Everything is exploring the unknown. Children are people of short memory. Children are persistent. Why? Why? They're persistent. I want to. Why can't I? I want to take a look at those just, just briefly this morning. And I want to say to you, and you can, you can click off of those now, Matthew. I want to make reference to those in light of the scripture that I want to share from the New Testament today that's a part of the devotional reading. And it's found in Matthew, the 18th chapter. And it's verses 3, 4, and 5. And Jesus is talking to his disciples, and they have talked about uh, to him, Lord, who, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? Boy, how many things can we do with that? How do we decide that in our culture, who is the greatest? We, we have lists of the greatest of all times, don't we? The disciples are asking the normal question. They're adults now. They're over 12 years of age, and they're thinking about Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Who's the greatest in, the, in the, the kingdom of God? Who's the greatest? Well, Jesus says, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted. Now, let's, let, let's understand that word. Unless you are converted. Converted is very similar in the Greek here to the word reverted. Unless you are converted, unless you bring yourself back to an understanding that you used to have, or until you move off of your current understanding to another understanding, unless you are converted. It's why we call acceptance of the Christian faith a conversion. You move from one place to another place, or you revert back to something that God intended for you to be. Jesus says to them, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, we were there once. Jesus says, you need to get back there. Then you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom. And then he says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So what do you do with that? Well, let's go back to my list. We need to convert remember what it's like to be children. Let me tell you one of my, my earliest memories of being the pastor in a church. One of my earliest memories of being a pastor in a church is going to what I consider my first uh, real responsibility in pastoring a church. It was a two-point charge. And on one of those two-point charges, they take you on a tour of the church whenever they take you in. And I'll never forget going on a tour of the church with Joy and, 
and we were downstairs in the basement of this old church. It was a small church. And we walked into rooms, and as we would open the door of a room and they would be showing us, we went in and on the walls of the rooms, the children's classrooms of that church, were literally posters with stickers on them. Those of you that are old enough remember this. We used to, when we were in Sunday school, you came in and you got little stickers for attendance. You got little stickers for Bible memory verses. You got, we use some of that stuff here in in Santa Claus still. And you just saw a date in the past when they had obviously quit putting stickers. They had shut the door. The children had graduated and there were no more children for that classroom. And then you go to the next classroom and you saw the same thing. And the next classroom and you saw the same thing. Till at this point, all of these classrooms were basically just museums for what had been at one time in that church. Because when they sent me to that church, there were no children. And let me tell you something about that church. These people were loving people. They cared deeply for Joy and I. But can I tell you what was missing? Go back to my list if you would, Matthew. The church was no longer curious. Oh, they they loved. They loved me. They loved joy. They loved God. But they weren't curious anymore. They weren't excited anymore. They were people of a faith in Christ, but they weren't people of a faith in tomorrow. If you talk to them about, so what do you think tomorrow? I don't know, Pastor. They didn't really trust. Wonder? All the wonder of a child. They didn't have short memories. They had long memories. You know what a short memory is? A short memory means that a child gets hurt and tomorrow they have forgotten about it. This church remembered the hard times, and they weren't forgetting. Okay, Matthew, thank you. Can I tell you that one of the things that I've noted in my life is that well-adjusted adults are the adults that have many of those childlike attributes still. And some of the most challenging adults are the adults that maybe only have one of them, or God forbid, don't have any of them anymore. I know in my life, in my adult life, there have been times when I'm extremely curious and it's a warning sign to me when I quit being curious. It's a warning sign to me in my life when I'm not excited. It's a warning sign in my life when I am not hopeful or faith-filled for tomorrow. It's a warning sign in my life when these ideas of childhood begin to disappear from my life. And I'm beginning to to judge the greatness of my life based upon things that the world tells me are important. If you'll notice, our most uh, the youngest children that we have, what didn't appear on there were possessions. They loved to get them, but you know what happens with a child and possessions? They play with them for a few minutes and they move on. I think Jesus is saying to us this morning, and and this is a wonderful Mother's Day message. 
I think Jesus is saying to his disciples and he's saying to us this morning a very important truth if you look back at figures in the biblical history. Figures like Ruth, right? The daughter-in-law of Naomi. The woman that is going to to be able to say as she's an adult and as she has lost her her husband and she doesn't know what tomorrow is going to be and there is faith out there. And she looks at her mother-in-law and she says, I want to come with you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. It's faith. It's hope in tomorrow. It's curiosity. I think some of the most well-adjusted adults are the adults that haven't forgotten what it's like to have childlike faith. The faith, mothers, that, that you have been so instrumental, I know my mother was, in instilling in me. Train a child up in the way it is to go. And when it becomes old... It will not depart from that. In other words, we will remember, if we will follow words of Christ, what it's like. What it's like to come back to curiosity. One of the, one of the most challenging things I see as our, as our young people go off to college, one of the most dreadful things that I see happening in our culture today is they're losing their curiosity. They go to, to college. They go somewhere to a school to be trained And they expect just to be told. This is what is true. I want our young people to be curious. I want them to ask questions like my little four, five, and six-year-old grandchildren do. When I say something to them and they say, why? And they say, really? They're curious. They're persistent. I want our college kids to go off and not on graduation here. Just look for somebody to tell them the way the world's going to operate. I want them to be curious. I want them to be filled with trust, but I want them to be filled with faith. And I want them to be persistent, and I want them to be wonder-filled. But brothers and sisters, we know that the truth is, the older we get, the more challenging it becomes to have the childlike faith in God. And so on this Mother's Day, I'm just going to ask you these questions based upon what Christ said. Because he looks at his disciples and he said, in relation to God, let me tell you who the, who the greatest are going to be. Those that haven't lost the curiosity of who God is. Those who haven't lost their faith in God. Those who haven't lost their trust in God. These are the greatest. Those who haven't lost the wonder of who God is. God hasn't just been put into a box. And Jesus says to them, we must be converted, reverted. We must be brought back to these things. So I just, I wish you a happy Mother's Day. I I lift out to you as you look at scripture, take a look at, at the childlike qualities of the heroes of our faith. There are people that haven't lost curiosity or excitement. David, as he dances in the streets coming into Jerusalem, but still trusts his son, even though his son is trying to overthrow him and betray him. David still has a trust in life, and he has a trust in his God. Pick any hero from Scripture, and I think what you'll find is that they still have the faith, the trust, the curiosity, the excitement, the wonder the hope of a little child. God bless on this Mother's Day. And I'll be back in just a minute after our young people tell you some of the things that they've been curious about.
some of the places they've struggled. The last few months have been a very interesting time for all of us. We wanted to take this chance to have some of our Rooted team members talk about their experiences in a sermon we titled, Perspectives. What was the moment when this became real for you? Like I remember when I was in Menards, right when this all started, and I turned a corner to uh, grab some trim for my bathroom, and a man turned the other end of the aisle and we both stopped and looked at each other like, what do we do here? How close can we get? I remember sitting in the gym and thinking, wow, this is really happening. And it's here, it's not in some far off country. When uh, Grease the Musical was canceled and it's very frustrating to know that that was canceled and me, all the freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior have worked so hard on everything just to get that ready and then starting it. I was offered to do a trick with my friend and we did and we rocked it in. But we took some time because it took us a little bit just to figure out how to do that trick. And it took us time and, it, and we felt like we could have done it better if we had more chances, but right now we don't until the coronavirus is over. Let's hope we can do it again. Probably the last day of school, it was a Friday. It was um, right before the sectionals game or the championship game was supposed to take place. And it was just um, really rough sitting in the um, auditorium and we had a big pep session. And at that time, none of the families could come. And then they sent out the email during that pep session that we wouldn't be having school until May 1st. And then it just kept on going downhill from there. The moment when this really became real to me was when it hit New York. Um, before this moment, I really thought it was just kind of the flu. Um, however, after looking at the numbers of people dying in New York, I realized it was a much bigger deal. It was especially hard for me to watch the amount of people dying that weren't able to say goodbye um, to the ones that they love. When they closed the church, that was a big thing for me because this is a place where I can serve in many ways, including the junction and the switch and the tech booth and singing in the rooted praise choir or the praise choir now. Um, and there's so many other things that I could serve in. Um, the second thing was the school, whenever they shut down school. This was a, another big, big one because of the amount of friends I have there, and that's my time to socialize with my friends and stuff like that, and band is another big thing that was fun, and I miss that a whole bunch, and choir, and theater, I just miss it all, and it was a big, 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 big thing whenever school shut down. This all became real for me when I was on a call with my papa and he told me that he loved me so much and he wished he could give me a big old hug. And this was kind of hard for me because as everyone knows, we can't really see and interact with people like the way we used to anymore. And so it helped me realize how much I missed all these people in my life, and that was when everything kind of sank in. When they officially canceled school, 
before they had like actually canceled it, I was like, no guys, it's gonna be fine. Like we're gonna have these two weeks off to do online school and then we'll come back and it'll be all normal. Um, yeah, boy was I wrong. <laughs> but that moment, and I remember that day, I it finally just set in and it hit me and I was like, wow. I mean, just the normal things that a senior in high school would worry about. I was like, what about graduation? What about prom? What about my graduation party? What about all the kids that were in spring sports? What about the musical? What about all of these lasts that, you know, I pictured myself being able to do and being able to watch and being able to go to and support my other um, fellow seniors had officially been either canceled or postponed or they're still kind of trying to figure something out and it was just it was crazy that just that day everything became real what's been the most inspiring thing that you've seen throughout all of this all the teachers are now doing online classes though if we need help with anything they will go online on zoom or google meet and help us with that because they want us to become more successful in our education and meet. I'm trying to get better grades. I want all A's and B's for right now so I don't lose a good GPA. One of the most inspiring things I've ever seen was on Facebook. It's a seventh grader who um, is in our community and she has chosen to make hundreds of masks for people. And in one of the Facebook comments, it says, um, hey, I would love to buy a couple of your masks. Just let me know how much they are. And then her mom replied and said, sorry, these masks aren't for sale. She's just choosing to do this for the community at no cost, which I think is pretty cool because she's going out and wants to make the community safe without earning a profit, which is pretty amazing um, for a seventh grader how people are using technology to their advantage. People are finding good ways to use technology, like the Disney sing-along that happened a couple weeks ago that was really cool on how the artists um, come together to sing and make people smile and stuff like that. One of the most inspiring things that I've been seeing out of this entire situation um, just deals with meals and food um i remember getting the newsletter about how our school was still going to try and provide meals for all of these kids and all of these students and i was like wow i mean that's that's pretty awesome and then i just out of all of the sad and unhappy news a couple times um i saw like a couple um breaking news articles, I guess, about how um, these people were donating millions of dollars to foundations to help feed the hungry. And it just really put a lot of things in perspective for me um, about being upset about something like my school year. It just, everybody's struggling in their own way and with their own thing um and just honestly we are all in it together because we're all missing out on 
certain things that we look forward to. The most inspiring thing I've probably seen is our church coming together. Um, I'd like to give them like a round of applause because it's so amazing how they can put together these videos and make people feel in congregation even through these times which are very hard. So after I got the email, I went home, stayed home for a while, and I was really inspired by the small things that I saw people doing. Our neighbors put up a sign thanking the delivery people. I went to Wendy's one day and saw the employees give a truck driver free meals. It was these small acts of kindness that really inspired me to be kind too. Train up a child in the way it is to go, Proverbs 22. And when it grows old, it will not depart from that. Santa Claus, I would say to you, based upon uh, your rooted leadership, that is uh, leadership for the other youth of the church and youth in the community, I would say you're living out the proverb. I would say you're living out the commandment. Well done. Rooted leadership, well done. That was part one. There'll be a part two next week. So look forward to uh, being with you next week on that. Uh, it also is going to be some celebrations for some of our graduates and some of those things you don't want to miss. The online presence next week. Glad that you were with us today. Ladies, happy Mother's Day to you. Families, celebrate your mom. And I would pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you, would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, that God would lift up his countenance upon you and God would give you peace. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good.